Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and if you've arrived here, there must be a reason. I'm guessing you're curious to learn more about improving your wellbeing alongside ADHD, or maybe looking for some advice or guidance to feel healthier and calmer. So, why start this podcast? I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and I discovered my own ADHD alongside one of my daughters at the age of 40. And now, after supporting many other women just like me, and probably you, I feel there's a need for more emphasis on well-being and lifestyle help for women with ADHD. And through the podcast, I want to offer you new insights and perspectives to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and balanced life. So wherever you are on your ADHD journey, my aim is to support you in finding the awareness and the most aligned tools to enhance your well-being so you can make the most intentional mindset and lifestyle choices moving forwards. Ready to get started? Here's the episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast and this is a bonus episode, I know, exciting. Um, And the reason why we've got this bonus episode is because I've got a very special guest who is organising a fantastic event and I wanted to make sure that you had access to it. So today's guest is Katie Taylor and she is the founder and CEO of the Latte Lounge, an online platform for women over 40 which exists to help women in midlife thrive at home and in the workplace. And Katie created the Latte Lounge in 2016 after suffering for four years with misdiagnosed symptoms of perimenopause. Her community now supports more than 50,000 women with evidence-based information about women's health backed by a medical advisory team. And it's a confidential space for midlife women to connect online gain access and signposting to a range of health and well-being experts. Sounds amazing. And um, the Latte Lounge also hosts a variety of events, which is what we're going to talk about today, including a hero event called the Midlife Festival, which last year, um, in 2021, saw more than four and a half thousand women registered to join. And she is also proud to be a hashtag Make Menopause Matter campaign team, which I've heard about, founded by Diane Danzenbrink. That's a lot there, Katie. Welcome to the podcast. Delighted to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So we are coming on as a bonus episode because I truly believe that what you are providing, I think with the Latte Lounge um, in itself is an amazing service, but you are organising a midlife festival, which is no mean feat, with loads of different menopause experts. And I know that menopause and ADHD for you is a um, is a you know, a cause close to your heart. It's something that you are going through as well. And I just wondered, really, let's let's backtrack and come to the, the whole reason why you wanted to set up the Latte Lounge and what has that provided for you and what does it now provide for lots of other women? Sure. Well, um, when I was 43 years old, I was, you know, like, like you, mum of four kids, juggling a lot, but, but coping really well and enjoying my life. Um, And, you know, I had a a really good job working for a charity in communications, um, lovely husband that I've been married to for 25 years, and life was good. And I just managed to cope. But what I founded over the next four years, so 43 to 47, just symptoms started very slowly, just things like I'd be walking the kids to school and a normal sort of five, 10 minute walk, for me, it felt like I was walking in sticky treacle, I was exhausted. It it took everything out of me to 
even make that journey. Um, and then things like, I was just a bit forgetful and my friends would laugh as we were walking to school. They're like, oh, Katie, I bet you've forgotten where you left your car today. Ha, ha, ha. And don't you remember I told you that? And I'd be like, what's her name? Like, you know, you know who that is. And and then when I was going to work, I, I just suddenly suffered this brain fog where I just you know, I was a coper. Normally I could walk into a meeting, you know, if it was a board meeting or, or just a team meeting. And, and I knew what I was going to say. I knew who everyone was and, and what was expected with me. And I'd get on with my day. But I, I found this brain fog really overwhelming and scary. And I, you know, almost thought, oh my God, have I got early onset dementia? But I kind of brushed it aside. Um, and then I started some really low mood, um, very teary, never suffered from anxiety before. And I started having heart palpitations and anxiety. And I just thought I was a maybe either I'm a hypochondriac or maybe I'm just juggling too much. So I went back and forward to um, my doctors. Um, well, the first doctor said I was suffering from depression and just said, take antidepressants, which I was resistant to do because I had a great life. What, what did I have to complain about? Then when I had heart palpitations, I was sent to a heart specialist for monitoring. They couldn't find anything wrong. I was sent to a psychiatrist who, again, said it's depression. I also had aching joints. And he even said the reason why I had backache was because I was depressed. And he actually even said, you're overweight. And I wasn't that over. Maybe I'd sort of put on a stone without realizing it. But I was quite offended, actually, because, you know, I tried my best to exercise and eat well, but I just didn't have that energy. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I, in the end, I just thought, well, you know, I'm obviously depressed, so I'm going to take these antidepressants and I'm going to see if I can work part time at work because I just couldn't cope. The antidepressants didn't do anything. It made me feel very numb. I felt disconnected with the world. I became a shell of a woman. I was always very kind of outgoing and sociable um, and I just wanted to stay at home and became a hermit. Um, no one, at the time I didn't have hot flushes, I was still having periods, but my periods did become a lot heavier to a point where there were some days where I was just drenched and there was no way I could even leave the house. And I became severely anemic. I, I lay on the couch sleeping and crying all day and no one had ever sort of asked me about my periods. Eventually, thank goodness, my father, who's now a retired breast cancer professor, I went to see him after four years. Um, and by this point, I must say, I had to give up my job. That I basically thought, I can't, maybe I just can't have it all. Maybe I can't juggle kids and work. And so I'm just going to give up work and, and just try and find a way of getting, feeling better. Uh, but as I said, my father said, Katie, I think this is hormonal. I know you're 47. But I think you should go and see a gynecologist now, especially as you're bleeding very heavily, um, but someone who specializes in hormones. So um, I couldn't get seen on the NHS for absolutely ages. And I thought, well, I can't wait. The waiting list was about six months. Um, so I had to go privately. And within a 10 minute consultation of me telling her my symptoms, what I've been going through, she just looked at me and said, well, this is classic perimenopause. And I said, well, what is that? You know, I'm, I'm not menopausal. I'm not old, gray-haired old lady fanning herself in the corner. I'm young. I, that, that's not me. And she said, perimenopause is that, you know, the it can be at last up to 10 years before your last period when, when, when menopause occurs, which is a year and a day since you're 
after your last period and the drop in estrogen levels my estrogen levels were on the floor means that you're suffering with all these symptoms she prescribed hormone replacement therapy there and then after taking a family history and it was a light bulb moment I was like oh my god first of all I'm not going mad god I haven't got dementia um and there was a reason for these symptoms and so to cut a bit you know in a longer story short I went home um to my bed that night and I was relieved but fueled with anger that I had kind of a I didn't know myself b that my doctors hadn't recognized it and that I've kind of lost you know I'd lost a good job and I've lost myself so I turned to Facebook because at the time Instagram wasn't really around actually I don't think it was around and Facebook groups at that time were talking mainly about you know mums with young babies and kids and toddlers and nappy rash and, and play dates and there was no one chatting about this next stage you know the sort of midlife menopause stage um so I thought oh well I'll, I'm gonna set up a Facebook group for you know women over 40 because I was you know in my 40s um, and I thought I'd get a couple of people join and a few of my friends were making fun of me going, you know, look at you with your little Facebook group. And and I felt a bit of a failure because I had a good job and suddenly now all I'm doing is a Facebook group and it was a bit, you know, a bit pathetic in my eyes. But that night I was overwhelmed with Facebook member requests. I had over a thousand members request to join that night. And I then realized, okay, this is not me. This is a huge issue all over so that's the that's the story behind it the reason I then decided this has got to be more than a Facebook group is not because the stories from these women made me realize that they needed a lot more support a lot more information and I guess as a doctor's daughter I wanted to provide evidence-based information I wanted to put together medical advisors and well-being experts who could really you know support these women properly so that they weren't just coming dumping their problems well-meaning you know women were saying oh try this do that uh, but actually they were being helped so yeah that that's the <laughs> the long and short of it yeah listen there's there's a lot of crossover i'm listening to you and really you know we come from two different communities but actually the communities that we both kind of advocate for they're so enmeshed as well because what we're noticing now is that um, ADHD is becomes a lot more prominent in perimenopause, um, something that we you know we will discuss, and we are advocating for for women who where there's not the resources aren't there, maybe the knowledge and there's a patriarchal system of women being brushed to the sidelines and us having to accept that this is just a natural course of life, and the fact that what you were going through it does sound extreme, but you weren't the only person going through that and you're not going to be the only person. And I hear this all the time that women who are, you know, still in their prime, you know, still working and they've got young kids at home. And especially now as women are having children later on, perimenopause is going to show up while we're in the throes of life and we need to be prepared for it. We need to know about it. We need to help ourselves, empower ourselves and know that it's not the end of our life and know that it's, you know, we can still look fabulous on the outside and feel great on the inside as well. And I think there must be so many women that are very, very grateful for what you've done and you put yourself out there and it can't have been an easy thing. It was obviously very brave, very vulnerable thing to be able to talk about what you were going through because like you say, on the outside, things were, were great. 
you had a good job. Again, we, we've got the crossover. We've got four kids. I think we worked in a similar industry in PR and marketing before. And when you feel that you're, whether it's, you know, you can't articulate yourself properly, you start doubting yourself, be able to doubt yourself in a meeting, that has a massive impact on your confidence and your, and your self-esteem. And women shouldn't have to go through that. So tell me a little bit now about how you're helping women within the Latte Lounge and all the different experts that you bring in. And I guess what the what you're gonna be providing with the Midlife Festival, which just sounds fantastic. And I know that will be, you know, hugely popular. Yeah, well, we do a variety of different things. Obviously there's the website, which is full of free resources. And I think if anyone's listening who hasn't had a diagnosis, but perhaps is starting to have their own light bulb moment, there's a menopause resources area there. And I would recommend everyone prints off the free downloadable symptom checklist. Um, there's a great article on how to prepare and speak to your doctor as well. And loads of information about treatment options. You know, for women who can't take HRT or don't want to, there's loads of other uh, blogs on there about what other options are available to you. We also um, have a membership that we launched this year. And the, the membership is a lot more hands-on. So we have masterclasses like, you know, with wonderful people like yourself. Um, and, and that the reason I did that is because I'm overwhelmed with women needing one-to-one or small group support. And I just, you know, however much I want to do it, I, I can't. So these are, we have coffee chats on Zoom once a month with women. We have masterclasses once or twice a month. We have lots of offers for them as well. So the memberships are a really great way to sort of uh, help people in more detail. We also launched our own podcast again um, at the beginning, well, uh, this spring, another, you know, very useful way of, of getting some help while women are perhaps walking the dog or going to work or commuting. And I want all men to also be part of this conversation because relationships break down, sadly. And I think if if men are learning and then they perhaps will know how to support their partners better. I do, as you said at the beginning, a lot of work, corporate work. I want women to stay in their jobs if they want to, because I, I couldn't. Um, so I do a lot of things in the workplace from small group events where we talk about what, you know, what is menopause and why it happens and writing policies and having uh, menopause champions in the workplace and how women can be supported to stay in their jobs. Um, and then every year we used to, on our birthday, which is in June, and it's now our sixth birthday this year, we used to have an event of some sort and they used to be in person. And then during COVID in lockdown, they went online. And what I realized was I've just been so lucky to work with so many amazing experts over the last six years. And I wanted last year to find a way to kind of bring them all together online because it's so much easier. And um, during World Menopause Month and Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is both lies in October, so the women have the option to tap into all these amazing experts during a festival. And I, I want to call it a festival because I don't want menopause to define your this time in your life as a really miserable, depressing place. I want you to get the support you need as soon as you need it, and then find ways to really embrace this next chapter of our lives. So... Um, the Midlife Festival this year runs from October the 10th to the 14th. We've got some amazing speakers, uh, obviously some, some well-known faces like Davina McCall and Loose Women's Nadia Sawala. And many of you will know Professor Tim Spector, who were, you know was so there for us all during COVID. He's going to be talking about gut health, obviously yourself, um, and loads on fashion and beauty and health and fitness. Um, 
and skincare and just it's just a way of celebrating midlife and and hopefully women will come away feeling really informed and empowered and that whole week is free now for those I know we all lead busy lives so if you miss a session or you want to watch back on demand because there's a lot of information also from some world-leading menopause specialists um there is a, an option to get a vip pass and that's that will all be on the midlife festival website i'm so happy to see so many of you signing up for my adhd burnout workshop which is happening on october the 12th at 12 30 p.m uk time and it seems that so many of us experience this cycle of overproductivity, exhaustion and then crashing and now many of us with a new lens of ADHD and a new understanding, we're ready to create um, better awareness around this topic and make some intentional changes to our lives from all aspects. And burnout doesn't just have to be present in our careers. It can show up in parenting, friendships and just purely overgiving with very few boundaries and prioritising everything else apart from our own emotional well-being. So during this hour's workshop, I'll be offering you more awareness of how ADHD burnout can show up, what it feels and looks like, and offer you new tools and perspectives to make changes that feel right for you. I'll also be answering questions because I know when I answer one question, the answer helps many. So all the details are in the show notes or my website, coachingbykate.me.uk, and you can buy all the tickets there. And if you can't make the live show, don't worry, you will be able to, if you buy the ticket, you'll get a recording link very soon after. I really do hope to see you there. Talking about ADHD and menopause, this is, I've had a couple of episodes already. It's something that crops up all the time. I know we've done some work together. Um, you know, I'm going to be talking about it on the Midlife Festival. How are you seeing it manifest in your community? And I know from a personal perspective, there's ADHD going on in your family. You've had children diagnosed. You suspect that there's ADHD with you. We've had a conversation together where I'm like, yes, I think you might have it. Um, And and that's why probably we get on quite well. So well, quite well, very well. So I'm thinking, how are you seeing the ADHD play in your community? Yeah, well, I'll talk about the personal side of things afterwards. Um, In the community, it's really hard to make these diagnoses, isn't it? Because there's so many crossovers between what is menopause, what is potentially ADHD. And I always say to people, look, first port of call is take that symptom checklist to your doctor, read up and inform yourself on ADHD and on the menopause as well. Um, because, you know, we, we only get these 10 minute appointments, um, you know, if you have private health insurance or, you know, you're lucky enough to be able to, you know, get an appointment, um, you might have a bit longer. But I just always say to him, look, if you do suspect it, don't waste any more time. Just go and get support. And and um, it's just really confusing time. And I think for myself, what happened, you were my absolute, you know, light bulb moment that um, when you actually emailed me a few months back and just introduced yourself. And I found it absolutely fascinating because I've got four children like you, two have already been diagnosed with ADHD, uh, one I suspect, and I have a husband who who paces when he's on phone calls for work <laughs> non-stop all the time. So I'm do like, I. Right, <laughs> bloody pacing, and I'm saying, oh, maybe he is as well. Um, but see, for me personally, you, there were a few things I'd never even considered. So, for example, um, and, you know, and I don't... I've, a lot of people will know the story who know me. 
I, when I was in my last year at university, I tragically lost a very, very good friend who I lived with. Um, it was a very traumatic time in my life. And I remember while everyone else was in shock and, and crying hysterically, my first natural response was to go to the corner shop and buy a Mars bar. Don't ask me why, it was just one of those things. And I remember eating that Mars bar and suddenly I had this craving, I just needed more and more and more and more and more. And I think what happened at the time, I just thought, well, that's just, you know, I'm just trying to drown and push down my feelings of grief. And, and you know, in those days, there was no offering of counselling. You know, even when I came home, it was sort of our friends, we, we all sort of tried to support each other. But I very quickly after went travelling. I, I, I finished, sadly, it was just before we were graduating. So I didn't get a graduation. And I went travelling around the world. And I was gone for a year and a half. So I didn't even really have sort of emotional support at home. I just left the country. And my coping mechanism turned to sugar. Um, and I'd never heard of the word binge eating. And I just thought, well, I'm just overeating. Oh, I'll just diet and lose it. And, and then whenever things were bad or I was stressed, I'd eat again. And I remember my sister, who's a journalist, sent me a book by an amazing lady called uh, Nija Nogli, which was called how to stop binge eating and she sort of said do you think this is you and I was like oh well I don't know it sounds really interesting and I read it um and I've spent most of my life berating myself thinking you're just greedy why can't you control yourself maybe it's just because it's a bad habit so when you mentioned that you know something like eating disorders in particular binge eating is, is uh part of ADHD brain, that, that was a light bulb moment for me. Um, I also love being like you, very creative and I love helping people and I have all these amazing ideas sparking here, there and everywhere and I wanna help the world. But then I get to a point and I do it, you know, I, I take on a lot and then I get suffer burnout where I actually at some point crash and I need to take time out. And, and then I build myself back up a bit again eventually and do it all over again. Um, but I have terrible low self-esteem as well, which was another thing you said. Everything I say to myself is, oh, you know, you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid. Why are you doing this? You're, you're, you're not really an expert, you know, you're just, you're just you. Um, so there's a lot of negative narrative going on in my brain. And, and when you told me all these things were symptoms, Actually, if I am, and I actually hope I am, because then it gives me validation that I'm not all those horrible negative things that I've told myself, but actually I'm okay. It's just my brain. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the, the thing I've found, even with my kids, is the older generation, so parents and that generation, they're like, oh, stop labeling everything. And, you know, you're just, in, your, in our day, we just called them lazy and stupid. Um, and that's not very kind, is it? <laughs> um, no, I mean, it's thank you. First of all, thank you for sharing that, because I know it's not easy to, to talk about these things. And I think by sharing your story, you know, so many other people and women will be resonating. And I hear this a lot. First of all, trauma very often can kickstart ADHD. Um, there's there's a big school of thought that there's ADHD always lies dormant. It's always there. You're born with it. Um, but certain things in life can kickstart it so it can be something traumatic early on, on on in life or it can be something like or hormones menopause that type of thing um but what how you described the onset of your perimenopause and you know a lot of women 
suffer quite badly with their hormones with ADHD. They're very interconnected. So if you've had historic um, PMS or PMDD, um, and that's always debilitated you, along with, you know, cramps and migraines and heavy bleeding there's there's lots of evidence now coming up showing that there is a connection with um, ADHD but also now with if you're feeling the symptoms of perimenopause quite heavily like some women just breeze through it they don't even notice so many women are just not understanding all the interplay and, and the fact that you had that light bulb moment with the binge eating and the sugar and the you know the imposter syndrome what you're describing yes there's a you know, huge amount of self-criticism, but that imposter syndrome where we are just not recognizing how good we are and how proficient we are and how the contribution that we're offering to the world and we play everything down. And that's just a very tiring, exhausting way to live. And there's the other aspect of, and I don't know if this resonates with you, with uh, rejection sensitivity, where you're highly sensitive where anyone can say anything and you'll overthink it and worry about it and it'll just sit with you or there'll be like a physical reaction to something that potentially could go wrong, like a judgment or a fear of, of doing something wrong. And again, this plays plays up in ADHD with women a lot. So there's, there's so many different layers to how our ADHD can um, inhibit us from doing all the things that we want to do you know like you you've created this amazing community and all these people you know helping all these people and there's still all this doubt that's going on so we have to I think getting an ADHD diagnosis is a huge validation because what happens then is we are able to separate ourselves from all the noise that's going on and all the interplaying and all the enmeshment of how we see it going on in our life. And we can go, right, that's the ADHD showing up. That's the RSD, that's the part of my brain that likes to keep me safe, keep me small, not put myself out there. That's the part of me that's protecting me. Then there's the other part of me, you know, the binge eating where that's the dopamine and the receptors and all the different elements that we can distance ourselves and almost kind of take a breather and go, right, that's that's that happening. I'm just going to kind of allow it to play out. But I know that in reality, I'm doing a great thing. I'm helping lots of people. I don't know if that helps you at all. It really, really does. And, and it's funny, that whole self-protection thing, which I haven't even mentioned, resonates hugely with me. And um, and, and I think I do, I you know, sort of retreat to my safe zone rather than, you know, I, I pick up on the most minute things which other people wouldn't even notice and I go oh god you know they they said that they must think that and uh you know and and huge anxiety about being late for things so I'm terribly early for everything and uh and so you know yeah it, it's been great actually have I'm so grateful our paths have crossed because actually you know I feel like I in some ways I've sort of sorted my my own perimenopause and menopause journey um and now this is a you know a part of my life which I can now read much more about listen to your podcast your previous ones and um and and also help other women because I hear so many stories like myself you know and I'm starting to think oh I actually recommended your podcast just yesterday to a journalist I work with who had the same light bulb moment she'd never even considered it mm. um, and she listened and she said oh my god thank you, <laughs> thank you. so thank you Kate <laughs> oh well thank you for that and I think what the situation is is that the more we have the more awareness we have the more we're able to be like okay I'm not broken I'm not stupid I'm not doing things wrong I'm not flawed I'm not you know all the the self-criticism potentially you know it, 
just even you having to make sure that you're always early because you're worried about being late, that must be a huge mental tax for you. That must be, you know, something that you're always worried about and anxious about. And I see this a lot of women overcompensating, worried, sell over-checking, you know, reading too much into things. And that time that we spend on, on the anxiety of the worry of something potentially happening when it may not, we could be doing something else. We could be going out for a nice walk. We could be having a chat with a friend. We could be relaxing. So it's, it's just all about kind of, seeing where it shows up and actually kind of reframing or questioning what would happen if I am three minutes late? What would happen? You know, maybe that person needs me to be three minutes late. Maybe that person needs me to be 10 minutes late. So there's all, all these different, you know, things, but I think there's a lot of women probably in your community who, and I don't want to generalize here, but if you are suffering quite badly with your menopause and your perimenopause, kind of shows up that there's like hormone sensitivities there you're really sort of in the thick of it and that very often has an interplay with adhd because we are the hormones do have such a, a big impact on um, our adhd so there's probably a lot more women you know there's it's i think there's something like seven percent of the population have got adhd so it's not that uncommon mm. and what a lot of people think is that men are more likely to have it boys are more more likely to have it but that's not the case there's now evidence to say that it's exactly 50 50 but what's happening is that more men and women are being di um, sorry more boys and men are being diagnosed because it's easier to spot so now the more conversations that we're having um the more we're able to help ourselves but we're also able to help our daughters and i just think you know how many how wonderful to be able to know at the age of 14 or 16 to for them to have that awareness moving forwards because it is, it doesn't go away. And so we can manage our lifestyle and our choices to what works for us, as opposed to having to conform to what works for other people. And we can put ourselves out there a little bit differently. So I just wonder how, now that you have a bit more awareness, you know, with regards to your energy, maybe this tendency to burn out, um, maybe this imposter syndrome, perfectionism, has anything shifted for you? I think a few things have shifted. I think by having this light bulb moment, I've been able to be a little bit kinder to myself to, as you say, to actually almost step out of my body and tell myself that actually you're okay. You're doing, you're doing good. This isn't, this is other things that are going on. And I think I've interviewed a couple of people in the Midlife Festival, um, like yourself, who have talked a lot about, self-care and so I, I'm very and one of the smallest pieces of advice someone gave me in the, the festival that I'm recording at the moment is is to if you do nothing else 10 minutes every day just get out in nature walk whether walk the dog and actually just download your brain don't take your phone with you know just look around you and actually I found that really really helpful because it's not overwhelming it's actually it, it's you know it's really important so I think I think I'm I'm on a journey. I think I, I will, you know, at some point <laughs> go for that diagnosis so that I can almost, as you say, get some validation. And it will also then empower me to help everyone because we look after a very, very large online and, and offline community now. So, yeah, I think, you know, it'll be a journey of discovery, I think. Yeah, and I think what happens is, is that once we have the acceptance around it, it doesn't have the same impact because it's all the what the what if and the unknown so when we haven't 
you know, we've had a lifetime of living with our brains, which we have. And, you know, as we mature and get older and things change in our life and new life chapters begin, new things pop up. So we're able to, I, I mean, I always say this to, to clients, is that we're able to kind of make some space and get rid of the things that are no longer serving us. And we can start embracing the things that do work for us. And we can just let things go. You know, the things that we, we thought were really important, the things we should be doing, and mm. actually just kind of like, you know, embrace what's authentic to us and what works for us. Um, and, and I hope that, you know, what you're doing with, with all the lifestyle stuff with menopause is, it's almost like an invitation for women as well to kind of know how they like to work and how they want to live and rest and work and be creative. And I guess it's just about embracing life on our terms as opposed to all the external stuff that's going around us. A hundred percent. And and I've got a 25 year old daughter and I've now kind of, I talk to myself now and say, you know, look back at Katie who was graduating age 21 as if she is your daughter now. And, and what would you say to her? And I'd actually kind of put my arms around her and say, you know, it's not your fault. I try not to cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know, and I a hundred percent it's, it's, it is, there's an element of reparenting ourselves because there's an inner child there um, that was confused, that didn't know what was going on and didn't know why they were, who they were and all the choices that they made. And so I do think it's a really important part. You know, we talked in our conversation, which is going to be on the festival, about this sort of compassion that we have to give ourselves for what we didn't know and the grief that we go through. It's a process of all the things, but thankfully you've got this daughter who is now, you know, got a very informed mum who is able to kind of guide her with all the wisdom that you've got now and you know I try and tell myself that when I've got all these challenges with my kids in different capacities and I see it as they're getting older hopefully I can give them a little nugget of information not that I know it all because I really I'm literally learning on the job but I I definitely have more information for them than I guess my mum had for herself that she could give me so um yeah we can't know i think there's a big thing with adhd is that we want to know it all now yeah we yeah. want to have all the answers we want to do everything now and we need to have like often you know patience for things to kind of unfold and be in the moment which is really hard and um, and just kind of allow things to just be but i just think your amazing honesty and your vulnerability uh, and your guidance for other women must be is so helpful um so let's just talk about what women can expect from some of the um, sessions that you're you're able to provide and then just tell people how they can find it how where they can you know log on because I think lots of people would be interested yeah sure so we've got we've got a whole sort of health section so we've got people like Dr Nick Panay um, who'll be talking about menopause Dr Hannah Short is going to be talking about early menopause we've got Dr um, Hamodia who'll be talking about all sorts of menstrual disorders um, lots of other doctors talking about sort of sexual health, pelvic health, gynae health, breast cancer, um, heart health, contraception, even things like hair thinning and hair loss, which is really common in menopause. Um, and then there's a well-being section of, of speakers who are going to be talking about stress management, uh, relationships, um, you know, obviously yourself, ADHD and menopause, finding a purpose, even a session on sort of coping with menopause after cancer, and then we've got nutrition, so sort of gut health, weight management, uh, yoga, full body workouts for fitness. Um, and we've got some lovely beauty and fashion sessions. We've got Ruby Hammer MBE talking about makeup. We've got Clarins 
talking about skincare and um, and the wonderful cat farmer who if people follow her does my bum look haughty talking about midlife fashion so there's going to be there's amazing sessions um and the best way to find it is the midlifefestival.com the whole week is free to watch every day and we'll just email you each day how to watch it and then as i said if you're busy or you miss a you know miss a session or miss a day and you know or, or or you were really interested in one of the sessions and just can't remember it or we've got this fantastic vip pass which well, there's more information on the website about it and in that vip pass we've also will give you podcast versions of it so you can listen on the go there's a great ebook on perimenopause and menopause understanding um, and cheat sheets from each session. So um, lots to look forward to. I, I cannot wait to share it with everyone. And I'm gonna. I'm very self-critical, so I'm actually going to say something which I would never say. Is I'm actually really proud of it. Um, proud of what I've created. I'll probably burn out, Kate, after. <laughs> I will give myself hopefully a couple of weeks off before doing our next podcast series. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I mean, listen. I'm listening to you and thinking, oh my god, like the ADHD brain <laughs> is like. <laughs> Amazing. How amazing to be able to create something like this and the vision um, that you've had to to really pull from all the directions and to offer it in podcast form and ebooks and all of that. But I do think that you might need to have a little rest afterwards. <laughs> Sure. But which I, I know is easier said than done because we have a rest for about half an hour and then we're like, right, <laughs> on to the next, on to the next, what else, you know. But um, I always say, let just rest in the way that feels good to you. A rest to someone else might be lying on the couch and not moving. For us, you know, a rest might be kind of like a long walk or going away for a few days or going and doing a, a course, a workshop or something. But yeah, we need to rest in some capacity. But I just thank you because um, I think what you've created for so many women is, is amazing. And I'm really happy to be part of it and really happy to help you promote it um, and wishing you lots of luck. And, and I'll put all the details in the show notes so you, you will have it. Um, you'll have it all there. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Kate. And you're doing an amazing work too. So, yes, yay to us ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> Taking over the world, but burning out at the same time. But hopefully not. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. <laughs> So that's today's episode done. Did what we talk about resonate with you? I really hope you found some takeaways that may inspire you to make some small changes that enhance your daily life. And if you did find this episode insightful, please do consider sharing it. Knowledge and awareness is power, especially with ADHD. You can also head over to the show's Instagram page, which is ADHD Women's Wellbeing Pod, and join the community that's waiting for you there. And if this episode really did strike a chord, please do consider leaving us a review to enable more people who need to hear these conversations find the show. Thanks so much for joining me today and see you next time.